There's never a dull moment when it comes to Minnesota sports. Rather, it's positives or negative. Minnesota Sports Chat has you covered. Talking nothing but Minnesota sports all year long. It's time now for the soon-to-be award-winning, if only in his own mind, Minnesota Sports Chat with your host, Ross Brendel. Here we go, edition number 186 already of the soon-to-be award-winning Minnesota Sports Chat. Today on the pod, Minnesota's very own sports dad, Judd Zolgad of Score North. Here, see him daily on many different Score North platforms, including Purple Daily, Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd, Judd's Hockey Show, and so much more. Cold strike three, and the Astros, for a seventh consecutive season, are headed to the American League Championship Series. They hold on in game four, three to two. Thanks to Fox Sports 1 for that highlight. Judd, whether they're cheating or not, still impressive to get to the League Championship Series seven times in a row, this time at the expense of our mighty Minnesota Twins. And Judd, I'll tell you this, for a team I didn't really care for for 75% of the season, I'm still relatively okay with how the season finished because... Heading into the playoffs, Judd, I honestly thought the Twins were probably the worst team in the field. Thought they had some deficiencies. Mm -hmm. I thought if you didn't win every start that Pablo Lopez and Sonny Gray pitched, which it was uh, far-fetched and a high bar, I thought you'd be in a lot of trouble. That is exactly what played out against the Houston Astros. And oh, by the way, just expecting young hitters who had been good for a couple months against pretty porous opponents just to all of a sudden or all of a sudden to be rock stars all the way through a world series run. I didn't think that that was very plausible. However, I am very happy. They won a wild card series, got some playoff experience there, got to see what a higher quality of playoff opponent looks like in the Houston Astros. And I think this season can be used as a stepping stone. If you want to be, one of those teams that's in the World Series mix in the year of 2024. Fair assessment, am I being too positive, or is that too negative of an assessment? Should we be throwing a parade for the 2023 Minnesota Twins? No, I think that's a very fair assessment. And I think that, you know, I've said the same exact thing that you did, which is for um, a large portion of the season, this was... I didn't think that good a team. It certainly wasn't a. It was certainly was a difficult team to uh, wrap your arms around. But that all changed in large part because when Royce Lewis came back from what the strained oblique, um, he brought an energy that this team sorely lacked. And this team, like it wasn't that they were unfairly not embraced, and then we caught on. They changed and. That's the difference with how the characteristic, uh, the character of this team played out. As far as the World Series goes, no, I think you're being very fair. Uh, They definitely don't deserve a parade. They were fortunate to be in a division that was terrible because if they weren't, they would not have made the playoffs. There's no question about that. And that that includes with the team that became likable. Uh, And 
I think they have, you know, this, this division's not going to be very good again next year unless I'm missing something completely. So I think they do have a chance to pounce here. I think they have some components of a very good team or some good players, but they need to make some of the right moves as well. And I said this going in, and I think it was not um, breaking news. It was not a revelation. You knew that if they didn't win the Pablo um, um, the Pablo Lopez and Sonny Gray starts, that they weren't going to win the series. Like when they didn't win the Gray start, they they could have you know certainly won Game Four, but winning back to back starts then and asking Lopez to lift you was going to be by himself, I should say, was going to be difficult. But uh, yeah, I like the direction that they're headed but they still have some things uh, that they have, some moves they have to make. And, you know, most importantly, they have some decisions that they need to make as far as who comes back, who doesn't, and where things stand with certain guys. And that includes, uh, unfortunately, because it just sucks, but Byron Buxton. We, you know, we just don't know what his future holds. Um, but unfortunately, counting on him in any way, shape, or form is probably, as we've learned now, not a wise decision. Bringing up Buxton's interesting. I heard you mention on the uh, Score North Twin Show, I believe today, may even have been yesterday, that maybe it's time for Byron Buxton to retire. And then there's decisions to be made on Max Kepler. What are you going to do with Jorge Polanco? My offseason checklist, Judd, it's Easier said than done, it is to find one more legit starter because even if you keep Sonny Gray around, I still think you need one more legit starter, but you're going to more than likely lose Sonny Gray. So not only do you need to replace him, I think you need to replace him with somebody as good, if not better. And you need to fortify that lineup because even in today's game, Judd, you can't strike out 10 plus times in six playoff games. You have to figure out a way to put more balls in play and you have to figure out a way to score more runs, by the way. And and I'll go back to game three at home. It's not optimal that Sonny Gray gives up four runs in the first inning. It's even Mm -hmm. unlikely that you'll come back and win that game. But with this Minnesota twins team, four runs might as well have been 14 because it just felt darn near impossible outside of what they did Largely the first half of the season, Judd, they wouldn't hit for four or five games. Then they'd maybe score 10 runs. Then they would go back to not hitting for four or five games. Second half of the season, as everybody likes to point out, this was a really good baseball team. What nobody wants to talk about is this was a really good baseball team against really bad competition. The Twins had a very easy schedule. It's a lot easier to condense your strikeouts and to put more runs on the board when you're playing subpar teams with subpar pitching. So there is going to have to be a lot of work done by the front office. And I, it's not that I don't trust them. I just don't entirely trust them either. And a part of what plays into this, Judd, is what does the Polad family think and what does ownership think? Are they going to say, yeah, you know, if you let $20 million walk, you have about $20, 25000000 million to play with for new players. Or are they mm-hmm. going to say, okay, Derek, okay, Thad, Yeah, we're with you. We think this is a pretty good team that can compete for the World Series. Not only do you have a budget to replace what you're going to let walk, you have X amount of dollars to maybe bring in another bat that's not going to strike out twice a game. You have money or the capability to go trade for another dominant pitcher. 
I think these are all things we just simply don't have answers to. We always hear about the poll ad family. Doogie has mentioned this a lot on this pod and every pod with you. They'll never say no to money if you ask them. They've never really turned down when you've asked for money. And to their credit, Carlos Correa costs money, a lot of money. But maybe we're just not asking enough then. And I also don't believe that that's entirely true. So it's just going to be an interesting offseason to see where it goes as far as what's leaving and what's coming back. And I just don't think for as good as they played, I think the only people that should be safe should be the Juliens of the world, the Royce Lewises of the world, and even like the Walners and to a degree the Kirilovs. And Kirilov's a different thing because I think he's always injured and we don't really like to talk about that. But pretty much everybody else for me, Judd, nah, I mean, and Correa, take it or leave it. Do I really particularly care if Polanco's back? No, not really. Do I care about Max Kepler being back? No, I'd, I'd actually let him go. And that's not even with... The playoffs, that's just I'm tired of seeing him pick and choose when to turn it on. So long story short, there's a lot to unpack here, but fortify the lineup, find one more legit starter. I think those are musts. If you do that, I think this team could compete for a World Series. I think what we're going to see is I think Kepler and Polanco will probably have their options exercised, but then one or both might be traded. Yes. Um, Part of what we don't know here, so... Uh, yes, the poll ad spend, so this whole thing about them being cheap is, is silly, but uh, there's no question that Falvey and Terry Ryan before him were given budgets to work with as well. What we don't know is what's going to happen to the Twins' local um, regional sports network deal because it's looking like Bally's is probably a thing of the past here, Bally Sports North, So, which means that there's a very good chance the Twins will take over their own television rights, which in the end could be a great move and could be very profitable, but uh, in the short term will mean they're not getting a flat-out check like they have been from Bally's. So that's going to, no question, impact um, things because in baseball, well, in all sports except for football, which has a you know enormous national television contract that's split between teams, RSNs provide you just incredi- incredibly important money, and it's often just um, deposited in your bank account. You don't have to actually go out and spend it yourself and then break, bring it back in with advertising. So that's going to change. Um, the offensive thing, I think, is is the frustrating thing is how far back that problem goes in the playoffs, uh, you know, through the, to the Maurer and Morneau teams, to the early 2000s, that, and, and certainly the Baldelli teams, you know, 2019, you go out in three games to the Yankees, 2020, you go out in two games to the Astros. In this particular uh, case, you won, what, three of six playoff games, but your offense dried up again. And it is remarkable how that story, time and time again, plays itself out. And people want to complain about pitching and last night. And I'm not, look, I'm not a big fan of Joe Ryan pitching two being pulled and then going from pitcher to pitcher to pitcher. Now, Paddock pitched great, but you know, the reality is this, one of those guys that you bring in is going to come in and probably not be his uh, as sharp as he can possibly be, and that's going to cost you. And um, yes, that is tough to take. But that being said, when you give up three runs at home and you cannot score four runs, that is on your bats. That is not on your pitching. And that is an incredibly 
frustrating thing, and I do think you're right. I think the strikeouts, uh, what, 14 in back-to-back games against the Astros to end the playoffs, uh, I think they had 70-something in six playoff games, and that came back from the summer. I mean, that was a problem. What Whatever your problems are during the season are going to be magnified in the playoffs because every out is crucial. It's not June now. It's October. Um, and, you know, to your point again, in September, you played all your schedule was a lot of bad teams. There's a lot of bad teams in all sports. Uh, the Houston Astros are not bad. So when you play them, you are going to have to actually be firing on all cylinders. And it's not, you know, it's not the Chicago White Sox. It's not the Kansas City Royals. So that's the thing is. It was great to see the fan base invigorated. It was great to see Target Field hopping. It was fun to see the team start to have fun and start to be a team that you could like. But, you know, before we get too excited here, they are going to have to make moves that are going to help bolster them. They are going to have to change their philosophy of just accepting strikeouts. They are going to have to move on from the Joey Gallo experiments. And with the starting rotation, I mean, I think I think Sonny Gray is as good as gone. Yes, they're going to have to replace him. So am I encouraged by some of the components? Absolutely. Am I curious to see how they replace some guys? Yes, and those re- and and what they do there is going to be absolutely the telltale sign of the direction that this club is going. And if the central, if I'm wrong, and a couple of teams pop up, guess what? There is nothing. There is nothing that says the central is going to be uh, handed to you again. And make no mistake, the central division was handed to the 2023 Twins. Well, and going into this year, I think a lot of us thought, me included, there could be three teams competing for playoff spots with the uh, Guardians, White Sox, and Twins. And turns out it was really only one. And Judd, for as much as we like these pieces, look back to last year's Cleveland Guardians. I said going into the year, I like them. But it was an awful lot to assume that that really young core wouldn't have regression. Well, guess what happened this year? They had some regressions. A lot was injury-related, but they had some regression. You can apply that same thing to the Minnesota Twins, which is why, yes, I never really expected the Twins to win the World Series this year. But anytime you get there and you have a chance, you want to cash in because you have no clue if you'll be back in the same situation next year. So I do get why fans are still frustrated, and me included. It would have been nice to you know keep going and have some playoff baseball. But I think you also have to look at it and be realistic about what the Twins were up against, especially with who they were playing. A couple of great twin stats are not so great. Struck out 10 times or more in all six playoff games. That's a Major League Baseball playoff record. Also, to your point, Judd, they scored two runs or less in four of the six games. They've only scored more than five runs now twice in the last 20 years of playoff baseball. You know, right. when you start to look at that long losing streak that now is ended, it's to a degree it's in the rearview mirror. But when you look at that long losing streak and why this playoff season came to an end, it goes back to the bats more than anything. You go back and look at a lot of those final scores of the games that they lost. The twins were only blown out in a handful of them and only blown out in a handful of the three that they lost this season. So uh, you just have to figure out no matter what it is. I don't know. Maybe you have to sacrifice a goat or something. I'm not, I'm being facetious there, but at some point you got to figure out how to score runs in the playoffs. And yeah, it was great to have one nice game against Houston, but you were also playing in a juice box of a park. So I don't know how well that translates to other parks. 
you may play in in the playoffs in the future. Well, I mean, and and all you have to do to understand where the Twins need to go as far as um, uh, plate discipline, plate appearances, is watch the Astros. They've got pop, but you know what they do? Put the ball in play a lot. They take long, smart at-bats, really good at-bats. They fight off um, pitches, too. What a novel concept. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is, yes, they they foul pitches off that might be called strikes instead of taking them, which, you know what, as long as we don't have an electronic strike zone, um, you can know the strike. I've said this all summer long, and th- this is not just a Twins problem. This is a problem around baseball. The hitters know the strike zone as well or often better than the umpires, but they ain't calling the balls and strikes. And so... But but watch Houston's at bats and watch what they do and watch uh, you know the fact is when you strike out as much as the Twins do you are forfeiting at bats. Absolutely, one hundred percent. That's what you're doing. One hundred percent. I mean, and and a lot of times too, it's not even that you're striking out. Maybe you're going eight, nine, ten pitches and striking out and working a pitch count. You're doing it quickly, so you're forfeiting at bats. You're really not working working the count and you're not doing simple things. I mean, they, they all year long, they didn't advance runners. Well, they, they didn't, I mean, you go again, go back to game one. And I think you have to kind of expect that this would happen for as good as he played. Royce Lewis did show some young and inexperienced moments. The Astros or excuse me. I think it's a game one, game three, the Astros were giving Royce Lewis a run an RBI in the bottom of the first inning. He hits that ball anywhere to the outfield. The twins make it four to one. He hits that ball anywhere in the infield, other than probably third base, the Twins get a run, and he and he was flailing. Took it was a really bad at bat. Yeah. Well, you know, those are things that just have to get better. In games uh, three and four, the Twins made two Astral starters who had nice outings look like Koufax. Yes, like but but I mean that that's not excusable. You can't you can't now you know if you are facing Nolan Ryan in his prime or Clemens or Randy Johnson, that's one thing. Okay. You're facing a Hall of Fame pitcher. It's very difficult. I get that. But the Astros, with the Twins at home, with a crowd that was ready to pop, at you know, you scored a grand total in the last two games, both on your home field of three runs. And the last time I checked, the two pitchers the Astros started, including Arkady last night, ain't aces. Arkady must missed a large portion of the season and was in the bullpen, Ross. So... I mean, yes, he pitched well, but the Twins definitely in games three and four helped make the Astros' lives easier. And we could talk about bad strike calls, and we could talk about the shadows uh, in game three. Yeah, we could talk about all of those things. But in the end, Houston in game three scored nine runs, and last night, Houston scored four runs, and they are the ones advancing. So before we play the blame game, I think we need to, I think the Twins need to, and I'm guessing that internally, I hope that that they will, they need to consider why they were eliminated and remove the excuses and say, you know what, when when it's the playoffs, just like saying that wasn't a strike, I know the strike zone, it don't matter. You know, Judd, just as the Twins shouldn't be making excuses, the folks at Beans Coffee Company, they never make excuses. All they do is deliver great small batch coffee to the masses in and around the state of Minnesota and the great country of the United States of America. That was an awful 
George W. Bush impression. Go to coffeebybeads.com. Check out all their amazing blends. Light, medium, dark roast. They have something for everybody to get you going in the morning, keep you going all day long. Maybe even when you need that afternoon cup like Judd and I are want to do. Really is great stuff and a great company. Brewed in small batches for the best tasting coffee around. You can order at coffeebybeans.com. That's coffeebybeans.com. If you use the promo code SPORTSCHAT, you'll save at checkout. Beans Coffee Company, they ship anywhere in the U.S. with free shipping on all orders of $35 or more. That's coffeebybeans.com. Promo code SPORTSCHAT. And when you're in the Mankato area, check out that new shop that they have coffee shop just for you to check out and get some of that coffee and feel the vibe of a coffee shop more coffee by beans.com judd one thought and one twins take for you okay and then we'll move on to the we'll get you get you out here after some quick vikings talkers i'll give you the take overreaction to less than 10 innings of baseball there's no need to move chris paddock into the rotation that arm's gonna fall off again at some point just let him spin that nasty stuff out of the bullpen. Ooh, interesting. You're really so he's what? Uh, Twenty seven, John guy. Twenty seven and two time Tommy John two-time. guy. You know, I, I've now I have thought that um, I have thought that there's a case to be made for leaving Louis Varland in the bullpen. I never thought of that with Paddock. That's interesting. Uh, that's not going to happen, obviously, because no, it's I not. think he's going he's gonna to be relied on to help replace Sonny Gray. But it's an interesting thought process. Um, he looked good last night. Like, like if there was a positive to take out for 2024, that was probably it. But um, that's very Zolgadian of you to predict his demise <laughs> off that. I had not even even Zolgad hadn't thought of that one. You know, I every time I see him, I'm not joking. Like I make fun, I make fun about it. I really shouldn't joke about somebody's health, but once you've already had two Tommy John surgeries, it really feels like every pitch could be your last in Major League Baseball. So, you know, why not milk the best ball out of him? The best version might just be, okay, you get the A, throw that nasty stuff, followed by Duran, and if we can get through seven. Nobody's going to hit us. But I I do certainly understand what they're thinking, where they're coming from, and exactly what you said. He slides into Sonny Gray's spot, and I'm still wanting you, hoping and asking you to go out and get another legit one or two. And the Twins traditionally Mm. in the free agent market, they're not going to do that. They might have to trade for somebody just like they did with Pablo Lopez where they say, ah, you think you he's trade? you think he's a three or a two, but he might be a one. Well, I'm going to give you a name you don't have to trade for. You just have to be willing to take on the risk and maybe some public backlash. The Bauer outage, Trevor Bauer. Oh, no chance these guys do uh, that. Oh, there's no chance. You know what? There's no chance. But what, what, have you have you followed the you case recently? Yes, but here's here's the issue. So yes, I I I know that the case has taken drastic turns, um, but there's the a connection is, to him. Yeah, here's here's my here's my problem with it. He is, uh, he is about as recalcitrant as you can get. Yes, and this yep. and this and this team, the the Twins clubhouse is not um, built to because they've tried is not built to take on a personality like his. The manager's not not good with it. Um, this clubhouse, the more 
the more that they can be a closer knit group, and that sounds that sounds very convenient. Uh, but you know, Josh Donaldson was a disaster. You go back to what what was the year where they brought in um, Lance Lynn and they brought Lomo. in L- Lomo. Logan Morrison, and then who was the reliever? Was it Addison Reed who was a pain in the ass? Yeah, and he anyway, got and he got injured, and then Sam Dyson was traded for and yeah. choked out a cat. Yeah, well, well, and then he was a terrible guy. So anyway, um, I I hear what you're saying from like a pitching standpoint. Um, and somebody, I would guess somebody's going to give him a chance, although I'm not positive. But I don't think the Twins have the infrastructure to handle them. And uh, to your point, John, I don't know who you trade. Uh, I would trade Kirilov, but I think people are going to be worried about the injury issue. So that's He's not a rise. That's thing is a rise got you a nice return because yeah. rise. The, the reason why a lot of us didn't like the trade having to be made is why you got a good correct piece back. I'm yeah. o- I'm okay. I'm okay for the right pitcher where I thought, okay, yes, that is a that is a one or two, and you're going to get three to four years out of him before you have to pay him. Because I'll be honest, for as much as I love the Twins, they're probably not going to pay a Verlander type over three four years. So I, I would trade. I would trade Brooksley. I would. There's there, there's no there's no guarantees. I would like to think he's going to turn out to be one hell of a ball player, but there's no guarantees yeah. he will. And look at everything the Twins have gone through with Royce Lewis. The stuff that we're seeing now, we all thought we were going to see two, three years ago. Injury yeah, can, plays a role. Development plays a role. But can the Twins finally have a prospect who doesn't get hurt or does not have an issue with well, it? That's my question. Wouldn't you know, that was, be nice? Well, it, it is really incredible when you think about what Buxton, unfortunately— has been through. And then to your point, Royce Lewis, two torn ACLs, uh, Kirilov, Kirilov can't stay healthy. He cannot stay healthy. So, um, is Brooks Lee finally going to be the guy to break the cycle? Is Brooks Lee finally, you know, a Julian, um, who, who's not a high draft pick, but you know, can you finally hit on a group of kids that can come up and actually play and not be lost for, you know, not just uh, 10 days here and there, but, you know, in the case of Buxton and Kirilov and Royce, you know, lost for a substantial time. But um, I hear you on pitching. I don't disagree with you. I'd be very, very hesitant to trade Brooks Lee um, because, in my opinion, Arise, you know, Arise was, uh, is, is an exceptional hitter without a position necessarily. I think Brooks Lee, because he, he was a shortstop, once you get him in the field somewhere, could be very good. But you're not wrong. Um, if Gray walks, Maeda, who I don't trust as much now anyway, is almost certainly going to walk. Tyler Malley, remember him, um, is going to miss a lot of next year again because of Tommy John that he had. So you are are definitely right. Um, The Twins starting rotation opening day 2024 is a under construction zone right now. Yeah, it's very much in flux. You're talking about bringing somebody from back from the bullpen into the rotation and then maybe adding one or two arms from outside of the organization. One quick Vikings question for you as we close out the 186th edition of Minnesota Sports Chat. Uh, We've talked about this on Before I Die, the pod I do with you on Mondays with our friend uh, Jesse Pierce under the Purple Daily umbrella. I'm going to find excitement the rest of this year cheering against the Minnesota Vikings, except when they play the Green Bay Packers. And I don't think that makes me a bad fan. I actually think that makes me a good fan because I think for the long-term health of this organization, we need to be bad to get good. And I know being bad doesn't necessarily guarantee you getting good, but I think it gives you a better chance at being good. 
So some people were upset with calls that went against the Vikings on Sunday. I wasn't. I said that's the NFL's way of protecting you against yourself for winning a game you absolutely should not win. So <laughs> long long story short, Judd, Sunday morning, or I guess Sunday early afternoon, bear down Chicago Bears. Let's go. Because if we can get to one and five, we can almost assuredly get to one and six with the Niners following the Bears. Well, yeah, and if they do beat the Bears, I mean, you know, if they beat the Bears, what's the point? What's the point? San Francisco, yeah, and and but but I mean, then then they're going to be what at that they're one and four right now, so they'll be two and five, and and then the Packers in Lambeau is probably not going is far from a sure win, but I don't trust them. I don't trust them because the games have been close, and I always go back to and it was a it was a different team because I I do think in this case they liked the head coach and in, in the case I'm about to bring up they didn't, but I always go back to 2020 when we were all set to watch them absolutely scrape the bottom of the barrel and maybe get a really high draft pick, and they came out of the bye that year and won what like four consecutive games. They beat the Packers in Lambeau in a really weird game, and then they won like four consecutive games. And if you look at the scores, you know if the Vikings ever start to hold on to the football, Ross, they're probably just going to start to win games. I know. And so so um, I don't trust them. They're not bad enough to, in my opinion, to come close to embracing what you're talking about unless they continue to screw up. But so far they have, you know, I mean, when you fumble on the first on the first play from scrimmage against Kansas City and then Kansas City goes and scores, that's a, that's a big old self-inflicted wound. But I don't know I, this team definitely does not look like a very disciplined team. It certainly does not look like, at this point in time, a really well-coached team, especially offensively, because if you can't hang on to the ball this deep into the season, that comes down to coaching as well. Uh, but unfortunately, I have real reservations about whether you, your philosophy, your strategy is going to be the right one. Because, damn it, every time we think, okay, this Minnesota team is going to go in the I tank. know. Unless they're, unless they're named the Timberwolves in about 2015 – you know what happens. They rise from the dead, and and they show you, and in doing so, cost themselves a draft pick. One thing that may help here, Judd, is just because of the schedule and already being behind the eight ball at one and four, even if they rally, and I do think, again, I still think it's a pretty good roster that's going to win some games, but I think let's just say you beat the Bears, but you lose to the Niners. At two and five, you're probably going to trade a piece or two, and that's going to make winning games tougher. So I think you're probably— Jefferson's out. Exactly. Jefferson's out yeah. for at least no, four games, right. maybe more. I hear you. So I think you're looking at a team that might be, even if they're, let's say they don't make any trades, but they stay healthy. They're probably incapable of doing better than seven and 10. And that I think, yeah. and that I think puts them at least in shouting distance of moving up. If they identify a quarterback that they like and Judd, I'm fairly convinced, or at least I've convinced my own mind. Uh, this is the year. They're going to move up and take a quarterback because they know they have to. And to a degree, KOC and Kwesi need to start their restart their own clock. And it sounds odd, but sometimes how you restart your own clock within an organization is to grab a quarterback. And you know how they can even keep their clock going longer, Judd? Let's say it's uh, let's say it's Penix out of Washington, formerly of uh, Indiana. Indiana, yeah. Yeah, you draft him and he doesn't he doesn't play for half the season or the full season. Maybe you bring in that bridge quarterback. So I, I don't know. I just think you you want to be setting yourself up to have the most assets possible because if you are six and eleven or seven and ten, you might need to move up five, six, seven spots, and that's gonna cost you some capital. So that's what? 
That's really what all need, I have. Roscoe, that's all I have to say about you, that. What you need is for things to continue to go wrong. That's what that's what you need. You need the fumbles to keep it, on Judd. coming. You need the fumbles to keep on coming. You need the ill-timed penalties to to be thrown. Um but yeah, it is uh it is a season in which it would be nice to hit at least a part of the reset button. I don't think they can fully do it probably, but there's definitely potential here. Again, I'll settle for double digit losses, whether that's 10 or 12 or 13. I'll settle for that. Judd, you're the best. Thanks for giving me some time. Hey, no worries, Roscoe. Take care. Judd Zolgad from Score North joining this 186th edition of Minnesota Sports Chat. Thank you so much to Judd. Thank you so much to you for listening to Minnesota Sports Chat each and every week. Back twice next week with the normal edition. And oh, goody, we'll review a, another pending Gopher football loss as they head to Kinnick next weekend to take on Iowa at a dentist's favorite time, 2.30 next Saturday afternoon from Iowa City. Thanks again to John. Thank you for listening. I'm Ross Brendel saying thank you so much. We'll talk again real soon.